Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share Home Threads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to HomeThreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for Dinner and I Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. HomeThreads, love where you live. That's HomeThreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. I know you know about the joy of French bread pizza because you just buy a loaf of French bread, you slice it in half across its length, and then you spread your pizza sauce and you put your cheese on the cut side of the bread and just like toast it in the oven. And it's like instant pizza. It's so satisfying and so good. And it's a great way on Friday nights to use up leftovers and load veggies between bread and cheese, which is ultimately always my goal. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding us kids. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. <laughs> what comes next, Megan? <laughs> I pause so hard because right now in our listeners group, there's this discussion going about how some people can't tell our voices apart. And then when oh, I listen right. to us introduce ourselves, I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it. Actually, we have a lot of the same like cadence and energy on recording. So I was <laughs> That's lost hilarious. in that over here, Stacey. That's hilarious. But also, I feel like that gave everybody a moment to really take in who is who. Yes, Maybe. I'm Megan and you're Stacy. You're Megan <laughs> and I'm Stacy. Um, and if you want to join this thrilling discussion, <laughs> you should find us as didn't I just feed you on Facebook? And we have a private listeners group there, guys. So join. All you need to know is the password whiskey, right? There, you have yes. it. So go yes. join now. And then while you're on your computer, what else should they do, Megan? They should subscribe. Actually, if you're not on your computer, but you're listening on an yeah. app on your phone, make sure you're subscribed there as well. So you can get lots of new episodes as we go into summer. We will have a one-week break coming up, but then we'll roll right into summer content in June, which is so exciting. Wait, is it June already? It uh, is June already. Is it June? Yes. Oh, no, it's May 29th. That's when we're recording. I know, but, but next week, it'll June. be June. It will so, yes, be we'll take June. a brief, brief break. And you don't want to miss anything, so be sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, the summer season's looking to be really fun. I know. I'm really excited. And this is like a little bit of a teaser of it, right? Today, we're going to talk about what to eat right now in a very practical way. This is your brainchild, Stacey, so you should explain a little bit more, and then we'll dive right in. Okay, so the idea is that I feel like you guys come to me and Megan, because I am Stacey. <laughs> Megan. That's my voice. <laughs> you guys come to us for practical advice. So we love when we hear that you walk away from every episode with some, like, 
tips in your back pocket and an idea of what you want to go in your kitchen and either try new or eat or, you know, give a go. And so I was thinking, what a more fun way to end season two than with just a list of our like favorite recipes that we're cooking right now. So what you aren't cooking that you should be. These are going to be recipes that Megan, you and I have on heavy rotation in our kitchens right now. And we're not going to overload you like five recipes each. How's that? Okay. Yeah. 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 I might sneak in a sixth one, but sure. Me too. (laughs) And hopefully, I mean, statistically, the single subject episodes like nachos, pasta, meatballs, hummus, those are the most listened to episodes outside of like meal planning and our really great conversation with Roe of Brown Kids about reducing waste and debt. So if this one does well, then maybe we'll just do this like quarterly. We'll just record an episode where it's like, this is what our families are eating right now and what's working for us in this season. So Stacey, why don't you remind us you what season of parenting you're in and then tell us some of the things you're cooking right awesome. now. Awesome. Okay, so... I actually think that it's pretty funny that we chose different meals and times of day to cover because your kids are younger. So I have two boys. If you're just tuning in, Isaac is 12, 12 and a half. Oh my gosh. In January, he'll be 13. I'm like in that season of parenting where I honestly stop every time I say his age and I'm like, that's where we are. How did we get here? Oliver is nine. And he will be 10 in October. And for us right now, Isaac is eating out of the house a lot during the day. So he's having lunch at school. After school, he's going to, you know, friend's house or practice and he's walking by himself. So I don't really have control over what he's anymore. <laughs> for, for better or whole... for much, much worse. Yes, totally. Yes. For this whole chunk of the middle day. Also, now that he's getting older, of course, on the weekends, he wakes up at the break of dawn and is like watching TV or wanting to get on video games or practice basketball. But during the week, we're in that phase where I have to like shake him awake. Like, get up. <laughs> Come on. You're going to miss the bus. <laughs> So breakfast is very quick. And also my husband's in charge of breakfast. So he just has this like rotating schedule of plain Greek yogurt with chia and flax and honey, oatmeal, or like toast with peanut butter. And Isaac's happy with that. So Oliver, I do pack his lunches, but he's a pretty like healthy, simple eater. He's not as adventurous as Isaac, but his lunches are like the same basic sandwiches. He doesn't really like meat that much. So avocado sandwich, cheese sandwich, leftovers. And then like, if you've listened to other episodes, you know, I call them lunchbox veggies. Yep. Tomatoes, carrots, cucumber red pepper, things that I just buy every week without even knowing what my meal plan is. Because if nothing else, I will use them in Oliver's lunchbox. So basically what I'm saying is we're on autopilot for breakfast and lunches. Dinner is the big meal in my house. And we talk about this with Tracy of Shutterbean. I do meal plan, but I'm in this season of kind of being in between some weeks, meal planning and meal prepping. And if you guys want to know the difference and understand the virtues and 
pitfalls, I guess, of each technique, you should definitely go back to season one and listen to that episode with Tracy of Shutterbean. Yes, I think they're episode seven and eight, but I could be wrong about that. You can always reference didn'tijustfeedyou.com to find those episodes. Yeah. And also, I think another really useful one to listen to to understand more where I am and what I find helpful with these older kids is our episode with David Tamarkin of Epicurious.com on intentional leftovers. And that's called The Art of Intentional Leftovers. I do a lot of that, too. It is episode 30. Yay. I'm so glad you're on it. Okay. So So all these dinner recipes that I'm going to share with you have those factors at play. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Number one, I'm going to start by bowing down to you, Megan Splawn, because you're my hero. Do it. I'm one of my love languages is words of affirmation. So I am here for this. (laughs) Affirm me, Stacey. I'm going to. (laughs) Instant pot spaghetti and meat sauce. Yes. We make it almost every week. And I have to say, we went to the beach on Memorial Day and we didn't plan on staying very long because we're like, it's a school night. We've had a busy week, blah, blah, blah. I just thought we were going to go come home in time for me to be able to like chill and rest after being in the sun all morning and then cook dinner. And we ended up staying much longer because it was a beautiful day. We got home and it was like, oh my God, what's for dinner? And this is what I threw together. And it's so easy it's so so easy it's tough to be spaghetti and meat sauce that cooks in eight minutes but you like to spice it up a little bit more than the original recipe calls for which i love i think that's a compliment to it so what do you do sometimes yeah so sometimes it really depends like this weekend i didn't and this weekend i had half a jar of store-bought marinara and rayo's it's so obnoxiously expensive it really is i know (laughs) But it's the only one I like. And I wrote this in the listeners group because I was embarrassed on how much I'll spend on Rayo's marinara. But like article after article after article says it's like the best tasting one. And it just is because otherwise I just need to make my own tomato sauce because I just find jarred not pleasing for me. So like I had half a jar left and then I had a can of plain tomato sauce, you know, that just comes like in the can. And I just like, combined the two and I didn't have spaghetti. I only had fusilli. I was like, fine, I'm going to make that work. I had from Memorial Day weekend, like the day before our butcher made patties for us for hamburgers. They were leftover patties. I just took three patties and I threw that in the spot. So it's very adaptable. When I have the time, I will chop like half a fresh onion. I will chop two to three cloves of garlic and saute that with the meat. I don't like dried oregano. I use onion powder. I use garlic powder. That's pretty much it. Otherwise, the recipe is fantastic as written. (laughs) I only make seven changes. Just to add (laughs) fresh things. Also, this is life of a recipe tester. That's true, Or a recipe development, right? Like you post a recipe or share a recipe. And they're like, that's great. I do it. But I make these six other changes. And honestly, (laughs) like... If a recipe still works when you're using like totally different sauce and totally different pasta, then you know it's a winner. Yes. And I will like plus one for there's a mac and cheese version of the instant pot pasta on kitchen.com, which we'll link to in the show notes too. I know your family doesn't eat mac and cheese, but the the joy of the instant pot, especially like 
right now is that it won't heat up your kitchen and you can still have mac and cheese. And it is literally in less time than it takes to make boxed mac and cheese. Yes, I love that. And we do eat it every once in a while. But yeah, I haven't I tried that yet. But I but I will. I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. What's next That's on your dinner one. list? So next is a spicy turkey stir fry with crisp garlic and ginger. It's a recipe by Melissa Clark on the New York Times. Mm. Okay, so now let me tell you. I'm sorry, you. that just sounds so good from the title. Ridiculous. And I have made it with sweet Italian sausage meat because that's all I've had around. So I've done it both ways. It is very, very easy. I will say if you follow the link, if you go to our show notes, follow the link and try it. Step number one requires you to crisp garlic and ginger and then you put it aside and you add it back right at the end. And I think that this is a worthwhile step. But one time I was rushing. I I don't measure when I'm cooking just for my family. I put too much oil and it got soggy and I was like, oh, crap. And then I just left it in the pan and continued the recipe as is and it totally worked. So if that feels like an extra step or it stresses you out, if you're not like very like into cooking, don't worry. Just like keep going, you know, either like skip it and add some fresh garlic at the end or leave it in your pan if it got soggy and didn't crisp and keep cooking, it'll work. And it's basically just like ground meat sauteed with ginger and garlic. And then like, I mean, that's really it. You serve it like lime juice, fish sauce, soy sauce, serve it with rice. Another thing I do is I often add Chinese broccoli or regular broccoli just cut it up into small pieces and saute it and it softens just enough. It's like that crisp, still got a little bite to it and we like it. You finish the whole thing with a whole mess of cilantro and basil. So it's got a kind of Thai flavor. Do you always serve it over rice or do you ever do like soba noodles or ramen noodles underneath it? I've only done rice recently, but I think it could totally work with those other things. Yes. Okay. Number three on your list. Okay. Number three. I referenced this in a recent episode, baked crispy peanut tofu at Minimalist Baker. I have a Minimalist Baker recipe on my list too. Nice. Yes. And actually, I have, I did it step-by-step for stories for my personal Instagram. I am at Stacy Billis on Instagram, and I'm going to be posting that before this episode airs, but then I'm going to save it as a highlight in dinners. So you can kind of see me throw it together there and see how freaking simple this is. That's a good reference point because I also have a highlight that says family dinners. So if you guys yeah. need even more ideas, I'm at Megan Splawn. You're at Stacey Billis. And then, of course, you can follow us as at Didn't I Just Feed You on Instagram, yeah. too. Okay. So this is a great recipe. I am going to say that it requires, should I say some planning? I don't know. You should press the tofu, and that can take 20 minutes. Now, I've been recently doing some tofu experimentation. Doesn't that sound thrilling? And I am finding... <laughs> That if you take a dish rag or something more absorbent and really press hard on the tofu and soak up as much water as possible, and then also use something to help crisping, I like cornstarch more than flour, but you toss the pieces in cornstarch, which this minimalist baker recipe will walk you through, then you can actually skip the pressing step. Interesting. It also helps 
This is not in the minimalist baker recipe, but if you haven't pressed it especially, once you toss the tofu and cornstarch and get it in a single layer on your parchment lined baking sheet, get some neutral cooking oil spray and do a light spray on top. And then when you flip the tofu, again, a light spray, that will also help make crispiness happen in the most delicious way, even if you haven't pressed your tofu. So don't let that step and that extra time steer you away from this recipe. Okay. I also just want to advocate for tofu in general because it is kind of a blank slate and you can dress it up as anything else. Like sometimes we do tofu and we kind of like crisp it in a pan and I have totally said it's like tofu nuggets to my kids. Yeah, baby. (laughs) And it absorbs so much flavors. And like you were saying, yes, it is good to press it, which you could technically like press it during your meal prep session and just leave it between a couple of plates with paper towels wrapped around it in your fridge during the week and then just pull it out when you're ready for it. I'm sure there's a smart way to do it in a container too, but I just haven't figured it out. And then after you press it, if you put it in a marinade, it's more absorbent. So it takes on a lot more flat flavor from whatever you're trying to flavor it with too. And some people are really into, and maybe you've experimented with this, freezing their tofu and then thawing it in whatever they're flavoring it with. Supposedly, it does wondrous things for the texture. I have yet to try it, but just want to add that. I haven't tried that either. We should look up and share a link, but I will definitely experiment with that. Yeah, I think someone on the kitchen has written about it, so we can reference that. I'm going to just do a quick little side note that I have found I really hate having a main entree and then being at the last minute, like, oh my God, what do I serve this with? Or like if a recipe is a main entree and it isn't very clear to me what vegetable and side dish I can serve it with, I get really thrown off. So I'll just let you know if you're like that too, that I will link to the cold noodles with chili oil and citrusy cabbage by Alison Roman, New York Times. (laughs) I always pair the baked crispy peanut tofu with that recipe. And again, that recipe I make more easy. You can skip making the homemade chili garlic oil if you really like it, but you don't want to make it homemade, buy some. Sometimes I use soba noodles. The real point here is shredding cabbage, dressing it with a lot of lime juice, and then having some sort of plain noodle that just has a little sesame oil, a little bit of citrus, a little bit of scallion. Both can happen really quickly and go beautifully with that crispy tofu. Wait, is this you sneaking in an extra recipe? You're only supposed to have five. Oh, and no, you said I have, you might have six. I have six and that. So, <laughs> boom. Okay, right. okay. So then I better keep talking. Onwards. Yes. Also at the kitchen, crispy sheep pan gnocchi and veggies. Yes. I mm-hmm. co-sign that. Right? I mean, yes. this is the easiest thing. I make it like once every other week at least, sometimes more frequently. It has veggies, it has pasta. It turned me on to packaged gnocchi, which I used to think is gross. I no longer. (laughs) You toss everything on a sheet pan. Actually, you toss everything in a bowl with some oil and some herbs, then on a sheet pan, and then it comes out and you can literally scoop it into a bowl and top with Parmesan. Yes. And you can use frozen veggies. I've used, I'm going to always butcher the name of the pickled veg mix. Gardeneria. Yeah, Gardeneria. Yeah, or something like that. You can use that. So you don't even have to really like chop fresh veggies to make it happen. 
You know what? I've been talking so, so much, and you just mentioned frozen veggies. What do you say we throw to this week's sponsor? Because our friends at Green Giant, right? Yes. How much are you loving working with their veggie swap-ins? I love them. And actually, I use them for some of the recipes I'm going to reference after the ad break. So let's take a break, and then we'll jump back in with your last three, Stacey. (laughs) Stacey, I have to admit, sometimes I roll my eyes when experts suggest prepping veggies in fun, novel ways, even though sometimes we recommend that. I know, I get it. We do do that. But the thing is, it works, right? That's why we make that suggestion in the first place. But the thing is, it also takes a lot of extra time and energy and effort that busy cooks don't often have. Exactly, which is why we're so excited about the new line of veggie swap-ins from Green Giant. Their frozen riced veggies, veggie spirals, veggie tots, and cauliflower pizza crust are a busy cook's dream. Made with nutritious vegetables like cauliflower, sweet potato, beets, and so much more, these affordable shortcuts make serving veggies easy, fast, and fun. And because they're frozen, there's no pressure to cook them before they go bad, like those pricey prepped veggies you get in the produce aisle. With tons of options from broccoli and cheese veggie tots, to nothing added veggie spirals that are 100% veggies, no sauces and no seasonings. There is something for everyone, even your picky kids. To learn more about the full line of Green Giant veggie swap-ins, visit greengiant.com and be sure to download coupons at greengiant.com backslash promotions to try them today. Okay, we are back. (laughs) I better (laughs) get to it. I still have so many more. I know. Okay. Pasta episode. I talked about, listen to it. I talked about Alison Roman again. You love her. I do. I'm on the fence about her. I know. Let's be fair. The creamy cauliflower pasta with pecorino breadcrumbs, which I often make Parmesan breadcrumbs because sometimes I just can't buy two different cheeses. It just depends. I talk so much about this recipe in the pasta episode that I don't even think I'm going to carry on about it. Okay, and it's in your highlights, right? It's in my highlights. on Instagram stories. My kids request it, and my friend has started making it very frequently. Shout out to my friend Ashley, who's a regular listener as well. And her kids have started requesting it too. I say that's a win. Win, win. All right, last one and then a bonus. The last one is our hummus bowls. And it's basically, we go over all the different versions in our hummus episode, how to turn hummus into a legit family dinner. I really do that. I do it all the time. And I think this is an especially great back pocket recipe for summer. It's so good. Because it's not a recipe, guys, because you can do whatever. You can grab store-bought. It's just assembly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. Can I do my bonus or should I wait? It's a dessert. Do it. it. Give it to us. We want dessert. Okay. I really never bake like you. I just don't. I bake all the time. Yeah. I like never bake, but I had all these bananas going bad and I hadn't thrown them into the freezer the way I usually do. I looked up Melissa Clark banana snacking cake with salted caramel glaze. Oh my God. Yes. It's like a, it's a sheet cake. It's pretty easy. The glaze, I know it seems a little extra, but holy moly, is it good? So I'm going to link to it for all you bakers out there. Yes. Also, can we just talk about how great sheet cakes are in general? Yes. 
I'm just I coming love around them. to them because I'm not a baker, really. So a sheet cake is like a usually a one bowl cake that you bake in a rimmed baking sheet. Like I think of Texas sheet cake as the most ubiquitous version of a sheet cake, but there are lots and lots of different versions. And because it's baked in a sheet tray, it's very thin, so it bakes quickly. And you decorate it right in the sheet tray, like put slap the frosting right on top. You can transport it really easily. It feeds cake to a crowd without building layers and having to do filling and do any special frosting. And it's a great vehicle for sprinkles, which you all know how I feel about that. Anything <laughs> with sprinkles on it. Who said that recently? Oh, when they were talking about our voice. Bring yeah, that they're like, I just know if anyone's talking about sprinkles, it's Megan. I was like, true. True. That is amazing. <laughs> all right. So that is what is cooking in my kitchen. And I can guarantee that all of these will be in heavy rotation through the summer. Yes. They're all kind of all season dinners. You can prep a lot of these ahead. You can do intentional leftovers with your rice or your noodles for a lot of these. You can Adaptable prep the vegetables. to summer produce yeah. too. Yeah. So there you have it. Great picks. Great picks. Let's hear what you got, Megan. What's cooking Mm, in your kitchen? So many things. Also, this is just like the sweetest season of my kids. It's been like a couple years for me to say that. (laughs) (laughs) And I say this often, but it's it's worth repeating that like you just have different – seasons of your kids like sometimes they're really fun and easy and sometimes they're really hard and the great thing is that no season lasts for very long so I'm trying to just like soak in this really good season but my kids are seven and a half and four and a half so I have a first grader going into second grade and then a preschooler because Emmett my youngest won't start kindergarten this year which is kind of a want want bummer <laughs> October birthday, shout them out. (sighs) I'm ready to stop paying for childcare, let me tell you. (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) And I can't remember if I mentioned this in a recent episode or that we just talked about this sort of off recording that my family has been eating a lot less meat, which is like a little bit of a health thing. Like I just feel like sometimes if I'm focusing on like the classic protein plus vegetable plus starch my kids are not eating as many vegetables and so i'm trying to do like a lot more veggie heavy meals so and this is kind of a shout out to our sponsors green giant this week but i am in love with the minimalist bakers vegan barbecue sandwiches which they are lentil based so you can totally like cook lentils. They cook really quickly in case you've never made them before. Or you can buy the sort of like shelf-stable vacuum-sealed lentils that are already cooked. And I think a couple companies sell frozen lentils also. But I usually just cook up a batch at the beginning of the week and then we later turn them into these sandwiches or I turn the lentils into my own personal lunch salad. But that's another subject for another time. So it's lentils. And then you use grit in the original minimalist baker recipe, you use grated carrots. But I've been using the spiralized carrots from Green Giant because you can just like pop them in the microwave while you're cooking the lentils. And then I chop them up even more fine than the spiral. But it does give that like the lentils plus the spiralized carrots gives this pulled pork texture to the sandwiches where it's kind of like feels like shredded pork and then i also use jarred sauce some like jarred barbecue sauce sometimes in place of like all the veggies and tomato paste and stuff that dana 
calls for Dana's the minimalist baker. And we have those like a sloppy joe, like a pulled pork sandwich on a hamburger bun with kind of a quick slaw. Sometimes I buy the bagged broccoli slaw and then just make a quick dressing with a little bit of apple cider vinegar, a little mayonnaise, salt and pepper, and call it good. My kids will devour that. And then fresh fruit, like chopped up watermelon or strawberries. And that's like a really easy weeknight dinner. That's great. I always love using lentils as either a substitute for meat or if you're not ready to go all the way there, you can half your ground meat, which saves money and makes it a little like more healthful. You get more fiber that way. Yeah, totally. Less fat, more fiber. I don't know if it's more protein or comparable protein. I had looked it up because I have a recipe that I developed for One Hungry Mama, lentil sloppy joes, and also a lentil bolognese. You know, Oh, I've made and- lentil tacos. You know, like the kind yeah. of crispy beef taco? Yes. And done lentils instead. But yes, carry on. Yeah. And it's just like, it just works really, really well with the right recipe. It has, like you said, the right texture, that right kind of balance of smoky earthy especially paired with something like barbecue sauce that has tang and complements really nicely you get the same impact and i just want to add that my husband is like southern born and bred like he grew up on southern barbecue it's in his veins and he still devours these sandwiches like he just thinks they're so good and it feels like a nice way to serve him something that is like comfort food to him, but is also like more nutritious because there's veggies and lots of fiber in there. That's awesome. Okay. Still in the dinner train, I am loving these grilled cauliflower bami's from the kitchen. Oh, I saw them on your Instagram. Yeah. we Actually, when I was in Atlanta in April, we shot the photos for that recipe. And so I got to try them. There's like, it's like a grilled baguette. And grilled cauliflower, which the sauce for the cauliflower is, like, so simple. It's tamari or soy sauce, a little bit of, like, chili oil, which you can leave out. And then you grill it, and it makes the cauliflower, like, super smoky in the best way. You grill baguette while you're grilling the cauliflower. And then there's, like, a pickled veg that goes with it with, like, carrots and cucumber and radishes. So it's a beautiful sandwich. But it also tastes amazing. And I think I forgot the most important part, which is the sriracha mayonnaise that you make to go on the grilled baguette. It is so good. We have to leave out the spicy peppers for our kids in the pickled veg, but they will eat the rest of the components. Like they'll eat the grilled baguette and then all of the veggies. And we all really love that recipe. Do they eat it as a sandwich? No, it's kind of like the baguette separate and then the veggies separate. But like they both love cauliflower. So grilled cauliflower is a win. And Ella loves pickled vegetables the most of any of us, my seven-year-old. And so she just like, she could almost eat a double serving of them. (laughs) I should make more. So that's a win for us. And I just like want to say that we have some grilling episodes coming up in the summer season, so I'll wax poetically there. But I really love grilling for quick weeknight meals during this time of year. I feel like the cleanup is minimal, and I love that I can like take a sheet tray of prepped stuff out to the grill and bring the kids outside with me, and they can run around and like make a mess of themselves because we have like a little sand box in our backyard and a little fairy garden and they just dig around 
while I'm cooking. And then they're like really hungry when dinner's done and it takes like 20 minutes. And I don't have to clean pots and pans. I just turn off the grill and we go inside and eat. So shout out to my girl right now. And I think that people, we will talk about this more in the summer. People only think about using their grill for like quote unquote grilled food. But I want to give a quick shout out to the fact that you were saying the kids kind of eat the veggies and then they eat the baguette. So I was one of the things I didn't add to my list because I had too many already (laughs) was garlic bread, which I've been making more of because it it really makes a big vegetarian meal or even a smaller (laughs) vegetarian meal. Yeah. Feel more hearty and satisfying to my boys because it's bread and it's got butter. And sometimes I have a recipe and make it easy for cheesy garlic bread, which is basically like you make the garlic bread and then you open it up and melt mozzarella on top. And that you can also make stuff like that on your grill too. Like it's basically like an oven when you use it correctly. It is. And actually I should say that I wrote a story for kitchen that is about how you can take frozen pizza and heat it on the grill. And it's so good, you guys. I my world was rocked by this. So like you don't if you want to have frozen pizza on a Friday night in the middle of summer, you don't have to heat up your whole kitchen for like the 10 or 12 minutes that it takes to reheat a pizza. And it's it's just really good. Um That's sounds okay. awesome. I'm okay. ready. I have one Should more dinner on? thing, ready? which isn't on my list, but I'm going to kind of pivot towards it because you were talking about garlic bread, which is so good. And um, we eat this often because I, I, we've talked about this before that we usually have pizza on Fridays. And sometimes it's a mix of like we go out for pizza or we get delivery. It just depends on the day. But when we can, when we're home, we make pizza at home. And sometimes I buy um Frozen pizza dough, and sometimes we do French bread pizza, which I know you know about the joy of French bread pizza Ooh, because yeah. you just buy a loaf of French bread, you slice it in half across its length, and then you spread your pizza sauce and you put your cheese on the cut side of the bread and just like toast it in the oven. And it's like instant pizza. It's so satisfying and so good. And it's a great way on Friday nights to use up leftovers and load veggies on between bread and cheese, which yes. is ultimately always my goal. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, love okay. you. Love you. <laughs> it should. It should be everybody's goal. Yeah. Bread and cheese. Yeah. Bread and cheese. What is that we say? Cheese me. Cheese me. Let's can fit it in naturally to every episode. I know. Okay. And then my last two okay. recipes are not dinners because I am in a season where my kid, like Ella's done with school already and Emmett's like preschool schedule is changing. So we have breakfast and lunch sometimes at home. So I just want to shout out to Dutch Baby Pancakes, which Ooh, is Emmett's. Yeah absolute favorite breakfast but sometimes we cook them for lunch because you can do savory dutch baby pancakes and like add veggies and beans and stuff i think it's actually a kitchen recipe where you basically make like a tex-mex inspired one with like beans and corn and then the dutch baby acts as sort of like the tortilla to hold all that stuff together smart yes and i think people think of like oh a dutch baby is like a weekend only affair because it's like a pancake and it seems sort of involved but it's really not 
you preheat a cast iron skillet in the oven and you can either like make the batter the night before in your blender or food processor. I literally use one of those like cheap $15 personal blenders to do it. And we just keep that like close by in the kitchen because the big blender is out in the garage because we have a tiny kitchen. So you can blend the batter the night before, or you can make it as the skillet and the oven are preheating. And then you melt some butter in the pan and throw the batter in there and it puffs up and it gets like crispy, but the middle is kind of like custardy. And it is such an easy weekday breakfast that I think people like disregard, but it's also a great lunch option too. Nice for quick lunches during summer and just something totally different than like a sandwich or a salad. And then as a teaser to upcoming episode about popsicles from, for the love of popsicle author, Sarah Bond, who you guys might know of lit, like she's the Instagram handle live eat learn. We share, we share a lot of her stuff because it's beautifully shot. She has this new popsicle cookbook coming out and we have an interview coming up with her during the summer season But I just want to shout out smoothie popsicles. Anytime you make a smoothie for for breakfast that doesn't get eaten or doesn't get finished, I turn that into popsicles. Yeah, baby. (laughs) That should be another that should be another t-shirt. Turn that into popsicles. Pop it. Pop it. Uh, I knew. Pop it. Yes. <laughs> Just pop it. Just pop it. Where were we talking about? Oh, in the freezer episode, we were talking about like, oh, you have leftover spinach and you just throw it in the freezer. That is like in popsicle, like throw everything into a popsicle. Fruit that they didn't eat, stash it in a bag and then blend it up later and put it into a popsicle. I don't know if I have a recipe for this. I'm sure someone does, but you can make green smoothie popsicles. You can make like fruit forward popsicles, yogurt. I've also, you guys, just flavored yogurt and put sprinkles in it. Like flavored plain Greek yogurt with a little bit of honey, a little bit of vanilla, throw some sprinkles in it and put that in a popsicle mold. And then you give it to kids for breakfast and they're like, oh my God, you're giving me popsicles for breakfast. And you're like, yes, yes, I am the best mom in the whole entire world. You're welcome. (laughs) You know what else? Like if you don't want to puree it, Coconut water, which is super hydrating and great for the summer. It does have, if you're watching sugar, like be mindful of that, but it's all natural sugar. Literally coconut water with even hunks of fruit. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Leftover chopped, you know, berries or whatever, and just throw them in their hole and freeze that. And it has this beautiful look because you get this kind of clear, cloudy popsicle with all these like hunks of colorful fruit in there. So it's beautiful. It's appealing. It's hydrating. And it's a popsicle. I mean, and pop it's it. breakfast or <laughs> just pop just it, you pop guys. It. It's breakfast or snacks or treats. Like it's everything. Totally. I love it. Oh, I can't wait to talk more about it. We'll dive deeper into that with Sarah in an upcoming episode. I think it airs in July. So excited for that. I think that's my list. I think that's a great list. (laughs) I love it. It's good. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm sorry. We shouldn't make so much fun of ourselves. I mean, you know, if we don't, who will, Megan? (laughs) (laughs) People who leave us reviews. Yes, that's true. I didn't. I just feed you listeners group. Do not take that as a straight. (laughs) Do not take that as a challenge. 
But that's a good note to end on. Find us as Didn't I Just Feed You on Instagram and Facebook, where you can also join our private listeners group. The answer to the secret question is whiskey. And as we do every week, we'll start a thread about this episode. So if you join, you can come and tell us what you're cooking and eating right now for summer and for the end of school. We'd love to be inspired by what you guys are making in your kitchens. If there was ever an episode that prompts you to join the group or follow us on Instagram, this is the one. I mean, it doesn't get more practical and hands-on as this. Yes. And even more important than that, we hope you will subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, tell your friends about us too so that they can leave a review on iTunes and subscribe because we love it. Rate, review, rate, review. Makes us happy. What does Isaac say? Smash all five stars. (laughs) (laughs) A huge thank you to our editors, Jeremy N., Samantha Gatsik, and the team at Counterweight Creative. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamando. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to smash all five stars on iTunes. And subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding us kids and families. What's the grossest thing you've ever eaten? Uh, well, um, oh, a fish eyeball. <laughs> <laughs>